0: Welcome to the Highland Gospel Mission, a podcast to all nations. Each week, Pastor Keith will deliver a Holy Spirit-inspired message from Highland Southern Baptist Church to the rest of the world. If you have a Bible, we encourage you to read along and study the Word for deeper understanding. Now, here's Pastor Keith for this week's message. If you would get your Bibles, open them up to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Just a little reminder about Romans, what it was written for. Rome, again, the church in Rome was not planted by the Apostle Paul. They actually had accepted him as its overseer. In other words, they respected what he had to say. um, But it was actually established by Jews. So these were Jews who were eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ that planted the church in Rome. Now, the Rome would have been about 90% Gentile or Roman and about 10% Jew, So there would have been a conflict inside the church that would have arose over the natural backgrounds of both individuals. Uh, Even when individuals settled on Christ, they would still coming from two completely different uh, places uh, are going to react and respond differently to it. So to the Gentile, it's like, yeah, you're a Jew. What's that to me? And the apostle Paul basically says, what's that to you? The oracles of God came through them. And then the Jews are going, well, yeah, but we're actually the promised ones. And Paul goes, well, actually, <laughs> it was prophesied that you guys would turn away from him and the Gentiles would be brought into the fold too. So Paul was brought into the picture for this main reason. Now, he had, he had a couple of other reasons. This main reason was the reason that he came into the church in Rome. It was to heal the division and bring unity of purpose to the church. In other words, the church in Rome squabbling about Jews and Gentiles, their histories, the conflicts between their belief systems. Who's more important when it comes to it? Who gets the leadership position? Who gets the last thing to say? Who gets the last word? When it came to those things, they could not see past their differences. So guess what the church spent most of its time doing? Fighting. Spends most of the time fighting. The Highland's not fighting. Don't nobody read into this i was preacher's preaching about fighting. There must be fighting going on in the church. No. The point is, again, an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. Amen? <laughs> so, in Rome, in, in the church in Rome, the conflict that was there had basically, we're in the last two chapters now of this book, and we're at 15, 15 and 16's last two chapters. So, the Apostle Paul's trying to sum a lot of this up, and he's summing this up, appealing, appealing to the individuals who are believers, appealing to the individuals who are mature, believers how many of you guys have ever uh this is a song of mine i'm going to use these examples you might even know which one it is when you hear it um those people who when the song ends they keep singing you ever see those people do you ever see the people that see the people that when you show up to encourage them because you know all hope is lost they are giddy as all get out with every ounce of hope that's missing seems to be missing out of your heart you ever, you ever see those people who always is just like, there's no such thing as hopeless to them. We as mature individuals are supposed to be the people that are continuing to show people that hopeless is a myth. It's a myth. In, in what world that the creator of the universe has created that Jesus Christ has sacrificed himself for, that the Holy Spirit himself has continued to moderate on this planet, what part of this is God not in control of? at any point, at any time. He's in control of every bit of it. He can flip switch whenever he wants to. You know, my problem's not that God says that he'll never put more on me than I can handle. My problem is, he, he thinks I can handle more than I do. And we know the truth is, we can handle more than we do, than we believe that we can, amen? But here's what we don't need. We don't need heretical ideals coming into our minds and turning us into something other than what Jesus Christ wants us to be. And I'm talking about that breeze that blows every day. You know what I'm talking about. That type of morning when you get up in the morning and you seem just fine and it takes less than an hour for it to get turned on its ear. The kind of day where we, even as individuals, may look at other individuals differently. You guys do know that you look at people differently based on your emotional state, right? And you also know that that's why opportunities are usually missed, because our emotional state is usually not at peace. In other words... Our brains are running around so fast inside our skulls that we're not thinking about anything else. We're not looking at anything else. We're not thinking about, but but here's the deal. How much hopeless is there going on in the world around us today? I mean, given the amount of hopelessness, hope being the kryptonite to hopelessness, hope being the light to the darkness that is hopelessness, All of the hopelessness, when it shows up on the scene, how much can it hide the light? Are we seeing more hopelessness or hope out there? Where's the light? It's the distractions. And it's not us. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying that Highland's bad. This is global, folks. People have their eyes closed. They are so entrenched into their own lives, their own opinions, their own wants, they can't see the will of God if it slaps them at 90 miles an hour in the back of the head and flaps them face first on the ground. And it's the distractions all it is. Distractions. You know what? You know what was revealed to me this week? I almost got giddy about this. It hurt, but I almost got giddy about it. Do you know what me worrying about everybody else, honestly, now by worrying, I'll explain it in a minute. Do you know what me worrying about everybody else accomplishes? Nothing. Do you know what my distractions have been lately? While I've been standing up here preaching, watch the distractions. Don't get distracted. I got distracted. Do you know what I got distracted by? People who don't care what I think. People who don't care what God thinks. So here's the deal. As mature individuals, we're supposed to come to a conclusion that does not give us permission to stop loving. But I come to more and more of a clear realization of what Jesus meant when he said, don't throw your pearls before swine, lest they turn and tear you to pieces. If Rome, if the church in Rome, the Romans and the Jews were left to their own devices, they would have eaten each other alive. What was the core of the problem. The Jews thought way too much about what they believed. The Gentiles thought way too much about what they believed. None of them were thinking about what it was that they should believe. And instead of picking out the things that divide them, they should have been picking out the things that unite them. Because the truth is, I won't agree 100% with any of you that are in here. You decide you want to do something a way that I would do different, I need to let you do it the way that you want to do it. Why create conflict where there shouldn't be any? Why should I form a committee to turn all of the ministries in the church upside down when I have a Rosie who's capable of turning the children's ministry upside down? (laughs) Right? I have Sunday school teachers who are adults classes, women's ministry leaders. I have people who are around me who can turn this upside down, amen? This is where he gets to this, though. Take a look, chapter 15, start with verse one. Now, we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to his edification, before we go any further, his good for his edification. How much does it say there that us dealing with our neighbors should be satisfactory or pleasing to us? Why do you think most people bring the fruitcake over to somebody's house when they're the new person that moves into the neighborhood? You really think that they have the recipe for the greatest fruitcake on the block? And they just want to share that delightful with great people that they know are just gonna turn out to be the most wonderful additions to the community. Why do they deliver the fruitcake? And you can't say 100% of the time, but I can say a large percent of the time. What do you think about the person who delivers the fruitcake after you move into a new house? Nosy? Those are the ones you watch. Because those are ones that very quickly trying to maneuver their way into your life. Those are the ones that are very quickly going, hey, I'll give them fruitcake, they'll like me, we'll be off to a good start. Right? What's it motivated by? Selfishness. A lot of good is motivated by selfishness. Have you ever had anybody do something that was great and then call you and tell you about it? You know what I did? (laughs) Duh. The crowns are flying. Because the second that you look for affirmation from a human being on this planet for anything that you do for God, your blessing's been paid in full. You get nothing else. So enjoy the pat on the back. Mature individuals, those individuals who are grown those individuals are the ones who should be able to say with a straight face that I can do what I need to do knowing the benefit to the recipient of that who's going to take care of me the one who's responsible to take care of me from the get go yeah, he does that through family. He does that through a church family. This is where it's gotta start. This is where centering my brain back into the place where I'm actually saying, I can't force people to trust in Jesus and I can't force people for this to, to make this real. I can't. and It'll drive me nuts trying to. I, I love people, I do. I also don't. I mean, that's the, com- the complexity of the relationship. It doesn't have to do with the genetic makeup of a, of, a, of, a, of a person specifically. It just has to do with more of a type, I guess. The type that, honestly, I was like, it was pretty rare. I've seen it two or three times over my lifetime. Never do what you do for your own, for your own benefit. Never do what you do for your own building up. What's the difference between individuals that it calls strong here and individuals that it gives reference to weakness to in chapter 14 and in the beginning of chapter 15? But in chapter 14, beginning of chapter 14, it points it out too. It talks about about, uh, us spending time with people who are weak and not doing it for the purpose of teasing them, them, joking with them. The command here is for strong people those individuals who are mature those individuals who don't need other people to coddle them it's great to be encouraged we got an encouragement this week i love that they're far and few between anymore um but we shouldn't need encouragement i get it we do we're human it's okay for us to get it it's okay for people to give it but honestly when are you looking to be paid here Do you want what this world can give you for all of your service to the Lord? Or would you rather wait for what he's going to give you? So he uses this word for us as individuals to understand that there's responsibility in this that does go a long ways. When he looks at verse, look at that. Look at verse 3. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached thee fell upon me. You know what that verse basically says? Jesus took a bullet for you. What was selfish about that? That's what that verse is saying. He's saying, You got yourself crossways with, with the creator of the universe. Judgment was yours and Jesus jumped in front of you and he took that bullet why would they be pulling, pointing this out to us if it wasn't for the sake of an example no greater love has any man than this can somebody finish it he lays life down for his friends This life's about sacrifice. Verse 4, he says, for, wh- for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Through the perseverance and encouragement of people. So it says, what about the encouragement of the perseverance and encouragement of things? church that's got to be it scripture look at this verse again for whatever was written in earlier times was written for whose instruction why didn't they put a name in there because it wasn't just true for the people that was writing it back then it's just as true as the people that are reading it now 2000 years later For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. You ready for this one? I haven't you guys do this in a long time. You're gonna read this along with me, but instead of our, you're gonna put my in its place. All right? For whatever was written in earlier times was written for my instruction, so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. You're not gonna find it in your satisfactions. There's nothing wrong with you enjoying food. There's nothing wrong with you enjoying programs. There's nothing wrong with you enjoying things. But those things aren't gonna get it done. They're not gonna bring hope into the picture. The only thing that brings hope into the picture is that. Scripture. Because it's God's word directly to us. Unadulterated, unmanipulated, unsoaked, unstripped. It is what it is and we know what it is. But how much time, especially given the circumstances as they are now, have we really spent time in it seeking him, seeking what he wants us to see in it? How much have we dedicated our time to finding hope in the one place that the Bible says that it can be found? You ever wonder why a person has the ability to to, uh, reflect hope? What kind of people reflect hope? The people who are full of scripture. You know it's true. The ones who reflect hope are the people who know Scripture. and not just know it, but believe it. And you know as well as I do, some of the things we face in this world and some of the circumstances we have to go through, they're hard. If it wasn't for the the perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures, I could tell you exactly where I'd be and it wouldn't be here. And I'm sure every one of you that are in this place that have trusted in Jesus Christ see it the exact same way. Because he's held your hand, he's walked you through hard times, he's seen you through difficulties, he's continued to provide, he's continued to protect, he's continued to take care of. Thanks again for listening. If you have questions about becoming a Christian, discipleship, or if you have prayer requests, you can visit us at facebook.com forward slash bc Have a blessed week, and go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Highland Gospel Mission was produced by Zach Link, with preaching by Keith Barron. Music provided by Pixabay under Creative Commons.